I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season six, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada within about 12 months. So she was scared, something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. You may or may not use it, but you've probably been offered it at some point as a way to easily and safely verify your identity. It's called Voice ID. And while it does accurately recognize your voice and use it to log you in, your voice, it turns out, doesn't have to come from you. Welcome to Lloyd's Bank, so we can get you to the right place. In your own words, please say the reason for your call. Check my balance. Okay. Please say, my voice is my password. My voice is my password. That is a clip of our guest today using an artificial intelligence program to mimic his voice and log into his online banking portal. When Voice ID was created, it likely was totally secure. And depending on how yours is set up and with whom, it might still be. But there is no denying that as artificial intelligence gets better at imitating humans from examples we provide it, security programs like this become less and less reliable. In this case, all someone would need is a lot of audio of you speaking, like, say, episodes of a podcast that you host. And then AI can say things using your voice. It is the beginning of an online security arms race. And if it sounds scary now, just wait. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Joseph Cox is a reporter who covers hackers, crime, and privacy for Motherboard on Vice. Hi, Joseph. Hi, thank you uh, for having me. You're welcome. This story's a little scary to watch that video footage you put together. Yeah, totally. And I I mean, I'm still surprised that it even worked. Yeah. And that this sort of thing is even possible and how quickly it has become possible to do this sort of thing. I want to get into exactly what you did and how you did it. But maybe first, and this is something kind of near and dear to the heart of people who podcast for a living, before we talk about that hack, how far has... AI-generated audio come recently compared to uh, the text and images that, that we're constantly seeing? Yeah, so I mean, on one side, you'll have, you know, applications like chat, GPT, which are purely handling text, or DALI, which is handling images, and there's been a, a massive boon uh, in the quality and the quantity of material produced by those. Audio has had something very, very similar, but people are almost not paying attention to it, despite the quality being incredible at this point. Just over the past, I don't know, three, four, five months, something like that, an entire industry of companies have sprung up that offer to generate and create synthetic artificial intelligence-powered voices. So rather than 
you know, I'm going to make an image with AI or I'm going to make an essay with artificial intelligence, I can clone somebody's voice, potentially anybody's voice, and then have that AI read out a script. And the quality today is impressive, to say the least. You mentioned three, four, five months this has really ramped up. How long has this been being attempted for? Because I do remember a couple of years ago hearing that this was kind of here and coming, and uh, I played around with it on one platform, and it sounded disjointed. It sounded kind of nothing like a natural person talking in a natural voice. When you listen to it now, how different is it? Yeah, we've had the same issue where we've actually tried some voice AI solutions or software one or two years ago, and we cloned our own podcast host's voice. And it wasn't great. (laughs) To be perfectly honest, it really wasn't that impressive. Now, it's not just the quality which is up there, including being able to clone my British accent, which is actually what something that some of the AI programs do have a little bit of trouble with because it defaults to American. It's not just that quality, but it's the speed. And one of the companies I use that I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute can do this near instantaneously, while others can take, you know, from half a dozen hours to a dozen hours up to sometimes 24 hours to generate the voice. Some companies are doing this on the spot. Well, let's talk about that company now. I think it's called Eleven Labs, right? Yes, that's right. What is their offering? What does their AI program purport to do? So Eleven Labs, made by an ex-Google and an ex-Palantir pair of workers, what they're trying to do is make it really easy to do AI-powered voices across languages, I believe. So, you know, I have a video or a film or some sort of content in English, and maybe I want to automatically translate it convincingly into Spanish or whatever. Now, that's one side of their business. The other side is voice cloning. And that's what I was focused on and what a lot of the abuse is focused on as well. And what you could do there is say I'm a voice actor and you know, I want to replicate my voice and then I could almost artificially do more recording sessions because I've just made a clone of myself. That is sort of what they offer and they target, you know, newsletters. Maybe you want to read that out. They target audio uh, more generally like podcasts and film as well. So they really are trying to target a whole spectrum of industries there with this technology. If you can, without getting way too technical and above my head, how does this actually work? What is this program doing? That is actually kind of a secret, and we don't really know. I mean, very generally speaking, these systems will, you know, use some combination of machine learning or artificial intelligence in the same way ChatGPT does or the image generating ones, where they have this massive corpus of material, right? They have a massive data bank of stuff that they've pulled from, be that images or text, or in this case, audio. And they're finding a way to be able to replicate uh, the voices there. And of course, they re- as we said, they they really vary in quality. But Eleven Labs here, is, there's just something else about it. It is uncanny in a lot of ways. And I honestly can't tell you exactly how they do it, especially how they do it so quickly, as in near instantaneously. But they've clearly got something going on there which is attracting all sorts of people to their platform. And I was going to ask you, you know, about the use cases uh, for this kind of thing, the legal use cases, but I think you've laid those out pretty well, what you set out to do. In fact, why don't you just introduce us to the whole scheme you, uh, you tried to run here? What did you set out to do and how did you go about it? 
Sure. So I saw a lot of people using 11 Labs and it made me realize, wait a second, my bank in the UK, Lloyds Bank, it uses this sort of voice verification thing where when I phone up and I want to check my balance or something, it will ask you to say, okay, please say my voice is my password and it will recognize it's me and it will let me in. So I thought, well, can I fool that? with AI? Can I use Eleven Labs or some other company to generate a synthetic version of my own voice and use that to break in? And I've actually been trying this for several weeks, not just because, you know, the system failed and it did a couple of times, so I eventually got in, but it was, as I mentioned, mostly because of my British accent and very few of these companies facilitating for that. I was given a quote by one company to pay something like 2,500 US dollars just to turn the British setting on. Uh, and I was like, I'm okay, I'm, I'm not going to pay that. I don't think Vice would cover that for this article. So I went about continuing and eventually 11 Labs came up. So I started that. And what it involved was you log into the website very easily. And I recorded just five minutes of audio. Uh, I think you can do it straight into the site or I actually recorded some high quality audio and uploaded it. And then instantly my voice was ready to use. So here I am ready to phone up Lloyd's Bank and try out this voice. It didn't work immediately. I had to sort of poke and prod the AI at 11 Labs a little bit to make the cadences right. The cadence of my voice is my password actually took a little bit of work to get going. And the trick I found was, well, if I get the AI to say a long paragraph or two of text, it somehow makes the cadence a lot more natural. So I did that. I then opened up some audio software, trimmed out the clip I wanted, and eventually played that. And then what everybody sees in the video that we uploaded in our article is that, yes, this AI successfully tricked the security system, my bank, to let me in, even though it wasn't really me, of course. So there are some voice verification programs that can, you know, give you a balance or give you a statement or let you access stuff. To be clear, what kind of access did you have using this artificial intelligence? Could you get into your bank? Could you have, say, sent me a thousand bucks? It really varies from bank to bank. So I can only really talk about specifically Lloyd's. But what I definitely could do was check a balance, check recent transactions, and then check transfers. I believe in the case of Lloyd's, you may need another piece of verification, as in it may actually connect you on the line to a bank representative. But I would say that only applies to Lloyd's. You know, I, I couldn't say if that applies to all the different banks, apart from the fact that more and more banks are using this across the US, across Europe and the, and the UK. This is an increasingly popular uh, method for verification and authentication from banks. Is it just banks? How common is this technology? And uh, it's kind of weird to me that, you know, we're describing how quickly AI is outpacing it, and yet you're talking about it as though it's a verification form still on the upswing. Yeah, I mean, you could even go back to things like Siri, you know, an iPhone, and I know that's not necessarily a security tool, but it's something 
that you will speak into your phone to change settings or to search the internet or search YouTube or whatever. In some limited circumstances, Siri can actually be used by police forces or or other sorts of third parties to extract information from a phone. You know, maybe the phone is locked, but they can turn Siri on, they can request information that way. So there is sort of a whole other avenue for these artificial uh, intelligence voices down there. Beyond banks, I mean, it's still the financial industry, but you'll have places where you can trade stocks and that sort of thing. Uh, And if you can get into an account with an AI generated voice into, I don't know, Fidelity or or Vanguard or whatever. I mean, potentially, uh, at bottom, you could at least find some very interesting information if you're a hacker on a target, you know, potentially seeing how much money they have in there. What is the selling pitch for this kind of security, given that, you know, you're already kind of breaking it? Why would they use voice verification, theoretically? Yeah, I mean, in 99.9% or whatever of cases, it is absolutely going to be more convenient for ordinary consumers to phone up the bank and rather than fumbling over a PIN number they wrote down somewhere and they can't remember or another passcode or their social security or their date of birth or, or, or whatever, it it's undoubtedly easier just to ring up and say, my voice is my password, and then it will let you in. And arguably, and this is what Lloyds Bank told me, it is a lot more secure for the most people. You know, phishing, where a hacker will send a text message or a, or a call or an email and try to extract login information from you is simply an everyday reality of the internet uh, and the World Wide Web that we have today. So why not make something that can't be fished, theoretically, and that's your voice, right? Now, those systems were made, you know, a few years ago. I think that's when Lloyd's introduced it for me anyway, so they've been designed for a long time. They were clearly designed and implemented in an age where you couldn't easily clone somebody's voice. And as I said, in the past few months, that has now completely flipped. That's ju- that's just not the reality anymore. Did you reach out to Lloyd's after you got into your account this way? And did you reach out to, you know, any of the other banks uh, or places that we've talked about that use this kind of stuff? And what did what did they say when you're like, hey, your, your few years old technology is already vulnerable? Yeah, so for Lloyd's, I sent them the video itself. You know, I wanted to give them a very fair chance to comment and not keep it vague. I wanted to show them, hey, look, this is literally me getting into my bank account on your platform. Uh, and and they were actually very helpful in that, you know, they provided me a long statement and some additional information. And they said that, you know, voice verification is great for protecting phishing. They said they've seen a significant drop in fraud and the introduction of this. But with that being said, they are aware of artificial intelligence-powered voices. They are paying attention to it, not just themselves, but technology partners as well. And I believe across the industry, you know. So even though it may be right at this moment a sort of fringe issue where you could only potentially be targeted if there's tons of your voice out somewhere on the internet, such as a YouTuber or a podcaster or a streamer, For the majority of people, it will still be secure, but you absolutely cannot ignore this threat, especially if you're a bank, obviously, in a highly regulated industry. That was kind of going to be my next question, which is, you know, you did this uh, with your own bank account and your own voice, and, you know, presumably you know already all your personal information and whatever else they could ask you. How easy would it be for you, as somebody who does have 
familiarity with hacking and and is used to doing this kind of stuff to do this to somebody who wasn't you? How would you do it to me? So there would be two things. At least with Lloyd's, when you first phone up, it does ask for your date of birth, which is sort of the first little piece of information. Now, you may think, oh, well, that's the end. You're never going to get that. No, a date of birth is very easy to get. You know, maybe it's in your credit report that you could just buy online. There are plenty of data breaches. Maybe it's in there. I probably posted a meme that uh, told you, you know, if I was born in this month and this year and this day, then my porn star name is XYZ. You know, the people that do those things. Exactly. Or not even that. Somebody can just, all their friends are telling them happy birthday on Facebook. <laughs> it's really not difficult to figure out the day. You just have to guess the year, right? Right. Okay, so you got a, you got a birthday. What else do you need? Right, exactly. Well, so I have that first piece of authentication, whatever it is. And now it's about getting the voice. It's about building this synthetic voice. Oh, crap. Yes, the way you're going to do that <laughs> is obviously going to your previous recordings of the podcast and simply just ripping them out, trimming them, and getting five minutes of audio and uploading it to one of these services. It would almost be trivial. It would be trivial to do this to specifically a podcast host who is constantly recording high-quality audio. I do think a YouTuber would be similar, a Twitch streamer, a politician, somebody who gives speeches, somebody who appears on TV a lot. You really do not need a lot of source material to build this sort of thing. So those are the sorts of people I think it would be pretty damn easy to make a, a voice clone of. Now, whether you could use that voice clone specifically to break into a bank, you know, that's going to take a little bit of um, uh, poking and prodding, but you could absolutely make a voice, yeah. What would you do if they weren't a podcast host or a public figure? I guess, do you, do you call them up and get them talking? The same way, I guess that's phishing, uh, just a new version of phishing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be a little bit labor intensive, but we already have, you know, call center scams, right? We already have scams where you phone up a family member or a friend or whatever, and they're saying, oh, we we saw your account was getting hacked, you need to give us your code, whatever, just get them to talk for five minutes. And now, to be clear, I haven't seen any evidence of that actually happening, but I could certainly at least see somebody giving it a go because if you need only a few minutes then just get them on the phone for that amount of time did you talk to online security companies or experts um who sort of fight back against this stuff and and show them what you've done and what did they say about it yeah i spoke to the ceo of uh one cybersecurity company that is focused on social engineering you know that is tricking the human element in security rather than the software or the hardware uh, and of course, at bottom, this is almost uh, more social engineering than technical, you know, because we are talking about the clone of, clone of a human here. So I spoke to them, and they basically thought that this sort of voice authentication should not be used by banks. And they recommended they switch to something else, um, multi-factor authentication. Now, you know, plenty of people will know that as the text message you get or the code you have in the little app, or maybe you even have something like a, a security key that you, you plug via USB into your laptop. They recommended that. I would push back against that just slightly in that when we're talking about banks, this is such 
the, the, these banks operate at such a massive scale that you cannot ignore just how big they are, right? So if voice verification is good for 99% of people, even 90% of people, that is, you know, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, whatever of people. And, you know, if you switch all of them to text verification, well, then you have the issues of text verification as well. If you switch them all to an app, there'll be issues there. So I think it's a difficult decision, but now the banks still need to factor in the existence of AI voices into that decision. When you look at the security technology and then the advancements in AI that allowed you to do this, is there any way institutions like banks are going to be able to outpace uh, the hackers out there as these technologies become more and more widespread and available to anybody who wants to sign up for a beta? Right. I, I think it's going to get more difficult, for sure. Lloyd's, they say that, you know, they analyze for a hundred different characteristics of your voice, including, you know, how large you open your mouth and all this other stuff that's imperceptible to the human ear, apparently. Well, I had a recording of my synthetic voice and that was still good enough to get in eventually. So, you know, I don't know what those hundred characteristics are exactly, but maybe they need to do 200 or 300 or something like that. But it is going to get harder, as you say, just because not only the quality of these AI voices now, but the crazy availability of them is it's one thing to have a technology. It's another to put it in the hands of basically anybody, including the sorts of hackers who may not be super sophisticated, but they don't really care. And they'll just keep trying and trying and trying until they get in. They're almost, well, they're sometimes the ones you have to worry about more, the ones who don't care, and they'll just keep trying. One last question. What's your advice for regular people who aren't interested, perhaps, in the ramifications of any of this, but just want to be safe online? How does this change their approach? I would check whether your bank offers this sort of service and i would check whether it is opt out or opt in you know maybe it would actually be very convenient for you and you don't want to have to worry about remembering a password that sort of thing it's probably going to be a good call for you but before you do that just check how do i turn it on how do I turn it off if I don't want to? And that's usually a Google search away and available on the bank's websites. So I would just do that quick Google search. It will take you 30 to 60 seconds. And then if you want to turn it on, do it. And then you don't need to worry about it. But I would just take half a minute to think about whether you want this or not. Joseph, thank you so much for this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Joseph Cox writing on Motherboard. That was the big story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. We've done lots of episodes of AI. We could do an episode about a scary AI thing literally every day for a month. In fact, how do you know that I'm not an AI talking to you right now after being fed 500 episodes of The Big Story Podcast? I promise I'm not. Jordan is still employed. You can talk to us anytime. The real us. I promise there are humans looking at these things. On Twitter at the Big Story FPN. You can write to us via email hello at the Big Story And you can call us and use AI to mimic your voice and leave us a voicemail 416 935 5935. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath Rawlings. Really, I am, I swear. We'll talk on Monday. <laughs>